Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. So what we're going to do in the next while is we're going to, we're going to, when it comes to sermons, walk very closely to prayer, okay? Um, I mean, uh, the disciplines of the gospel, disciplines of Christ, it is universal, which means you can find them in every single sermon. Uh, but what I want you to do in the next few weeks is to really, really use the sermon material to fuel your prayer life. All right, and I'll use some examples. And I hope that even what we do tonight will give you some handles or some substance to pray through tomorrow. Okay. Great. Who's never fasted in their life? All right. So what I want to encourage you to do is to take a step of faith tomorrow and pray and fast. Make it a first. Break out of that comfort zone and see what God can do. Right. Who's going to fast with me? Oh, it's not only me. Tomorrow night, guys, 10 o'clock at McDonald's. Lorenzo brings a credit card. And then <laughs> we, we take junior cheeseburgers galore. Okay? <laughs> I'm only joking. We're not going to do that. We're going to break fast with kropslaai, wortelkies, and komkommer. The girls. Every man a boltong drove or steak and chops. <laughs> okay, we're going on with renewing the mind. The relationship between the spiritual and the physical. Right? So tonight, when you hear spiritual, you hear of anything or everything that is unseen. Thoughts, emotions. Prayer. They, for tonight, they all live in the town called spiritual. It's unseen, but it's there. All right? Typically, someone can drive past you in the road. They can see you. Oh, she's wearing uh, red and black, but they cannot see what you feel. That is the spiritual for tonight. Are you with me? And then, obviously, the physical is that that happens around your life. It can be seen, can be heard. Right, can be observed. The relationship between these two things, very important. It's interesting to note that scripture is not on there, but 1 Corinthians 2, 16 says, who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? It's a question. And then Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. What that means is as believers... Our minds can be presented to God and it can become and grow to be a lot like Jesus. And then, like Paul wrote, you could say, I'm growing or I'm asking God to give me the mind of Christ, to think like Him, all right? To have thoughts that's, that overcomes obstacles, all right? Thoughts that takes you closer to God. To have healthy beliefs in your life. Now that's what we're on to tonight. The mind of Christ. Just a quick recap for last week. Remember we spoke about strongholds who were here last week? 
Okay, we spoke about strongholds, and there's just two definitions. The definition of a stronghold is a place that has been secured tightly in case of an attack, or a place where a particular belief or ideology is firmly believed and staunchly defended. A place where a group having certain views or attitudes is concentrated. All right? So the word stronghold has got two meanings. One spiritual, right? It's unseen, and one physical. In the Old Testament, the word stronghold was often used for the typical the strength of a city. Someone said to David, you will not take the stronghold of a city, but then they took it. All right? That's why it was important for Nehemiah to rebuild the wall, the stronghold of Jerusalem. You could see it brick on brick. And then in the New Testament, if we go to that next slide, one on, please. We read about strongholds. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds there's that word again and then he goes on we destroy arguments so the strongholds of the old testament there was physical battles and god was also known um, the god of the nations lord of hosts lord of war okay so god was the one who showed himself strong through israel and conquered many nations now today after christ has come in the spirit he's conquered the enemy on a cross physically it looked like a man who was on a cross spiritually, there was a great victory. The stronghold of the enemy was broken. Wow. And Christ came in and he took over. He said, I'll pay for everyone who calls on my name. And now as we find ourselves in the new covenant, our war is not against physical bricks, physical cities. It is against the wars in our mind, the strongholds of belief. All right. We said, for example, the enemy could, through your life, have taught you a few things. You are not loved because your parents rejected you. They left you or they walked away. They never came back. And there's a stronghold in your mind. No one loves me. That is a stronghold. And those strongholds can be very strong. But the blood of Christ can conquer it. Amen? A stronghold can be physical or a stronghold can be spiritual, unseen. If you could just go one slide back. Stronghold, just summarized last week, can be a physical fortified place or a spiritual fortified place. Everyone with me? Just a quick summary. Right, let's go on to tonight. What I want to do before I just give you three things around the mind of Christ and having godly beliefs is I quickly want to show you in Scripture the great relationship that there is between what happens in the spiritual, in your heart, in your mind, and what happens in your life. There's a direct correlation. There's no way. There's no way you can have stinking thinking and have a life that just honors God. It, it, it cannot marry. Those two things are worlds apart. All right? Bad beliefs will take you down very difficult roads. All right, And so this is about Jesus. We're not having a, a psychology class here. I'm not trying to give you great thoughts. I'm saying that if you come to Christ to be saved, he's going to retrain your mind because you live for a kingdom that is unseen, not in this world. 
And so the challenge for us is to take our thinking out of this world and allow the Spirit, which is eternal, to teach us how to think. Just like Him. Amen? I'm going to pray for us. Father, I want to thank you for tonight. You've gathered a bunch of amazing people here because you want to speak with us. We open our hearts. We open our minds, Lord. Body, soul, and spirit. We belong to you, every faculty of our being. We don't reserve certain areas for you. We, we just say, here we are, everything. Our thoughts, our emotions, Lord. Everything we give to you. Every aspect of our life, we just invite you in. We invite you into our relationships, into our families, into our marriages, into our wallets, in every area of our life. None we keep from you, Lord. Come tonight and speak with us. You're so welcome in this place. Amen. Just as an intro, I'm going to throw a few things on the screen. You can jot down those scriptures if you want to. 1 John 2 verse 6, it says, Whoever says he abides in him, whoever says I love Christ, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm a Christian. Whoever says I'm with him in my heart. I've met him. I was on a camp. I put up my hand. Everyone was crying. I was also crying. They prayed for me. I felt something happen. It was warm. and I had unerflace gekry. It happened. Everyone who said that, it's unseen. It happened here. In my heart ought also to walk as you walked. All right? So we're not allowed to take the spiritual and say, this is the spiritual, but the physical is something else. If I invite them into my life, into my thoughts, when you lie in your bed and you think, oh, I belong to him. No, you can't see it. It's here. It takes, it's your spirit that makes you feel close to him. It should then be carried through into your life. Can you see the connection, the, spir the spiritual and the physical? Just this scripture again, it's going to come up another time. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. In the flesh means we walk in this life. We have shoes, we have pants and clothes, you know, and, and, and we can feel stuff, all right? It's all the flesh. It's good. It's from God. But the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, all right? So then scripture teaches about this, 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 this surroundings around us that cannot be seen and tasted and felt, but it's a reality. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, probably one of the first scriptures in my life that I, that I memorized and hold very dear to my heart. Just check this out. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, right? Your bodies, your, what we can see, what we can feel, your marriage, your speech, your conduct, your work at work, which you hand in, everything that, that, that can be touched and seen around you and about you, present it as a sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not look like this world, but be transformed. How? How? By the renewal of the unseen, of your mind, your spirit. How can you change to be more like Christ? A battle has to be won in your heart first. Sometimes we teach people to act like Christians. You must do this, this, and this. And then they start with great zeal, great excitement. They do everything they say, you say for three weeks. Boom. 
It never happened in here. All right? Are you following me tonight? I'm going fast. I'm going to slow down in a, in a second. All I want you to see from this is there's a spiritual and there's a physical, and the one speaks with the others. All right. A few truths about beliefs. I'm going to give you four tonight. Only four. Um, I told you guys last week, renewing your mind is like one of my favorite things to share on because God did many, many miracles in my life on this area of renewing your minds. And there's a lot of testimonies very dear to my heart. And so I narrowed it down to a few things that helped me tremendously and I hope it will help you as well. We're going to repeat a few scriptures. Just look at this again, Romans 12, verse 1. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can be transformed. You can change, right? As you come to church, your thoughts should not be, I hope that the word confirms to me that I'm okay. I hope in what I hear and what I feel that I just hear I'm okay. Now, that's not the way you should come to God. You should come, I hope I hear I receive something that will propel me forward tonight so that I leave a different person than the one I came in. That is godly thinking. Yes, you should have assurance you're okay and that He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You are His. But you as a growing believer should be hungry to come in here and say, I'm not satisfied with who I am. I'm not satisfied. I want to change. I want to grow. And this is how you change. Now, remember last week, I'm just going to share this testimony again for those of you that missed last week. With the renewing of your mind, as you allow scripture to minister to you, everything in your life can change. When I was 17 years old in that time of my life, I messed up my life in many ways. One of those ways was I had a relationship with a girl that was not godly. We were in a sexual relationship. Okay? I did not know Jesus, and, and I messed it up. And one day I went on my knees in a church, a little church, a very charismatic church. You, it was crazy. I thought I'm going to run for the door and I'm going to never come back. Um, but that day I met Jesus and he touched my heart and he started to minister to me life. And I broke up with a girlfriend. I said, God wants me now. And he started to work with me. Now my thoughts were that uh, totally the wrong place. I was using women to feel better about myself. Okay. That's where my mind was. And then Jesus came and said, I will love you. Let me show you the fullness of my love. And in my heart, in my spirit, I started to accept the love of Christ. I started to become full in his love. Can you see what has changed? I was relying on the world to give me something that only Jesus could give me. And when he started to become my first love, I started to heal in this area of relationships. In times of prayer, in times of Bible reading, things were happening on the inside of me. Seven years later, I got married. And like I shared last week, this area of my life, when it came to relationship, God had renewed completely. Completely. I had 
totally transformed my mind from where I was as an 18-year-old man to the day I got married. When I think about my wife, I am so secured in our marriage. I don't get jealous of her. I'm not envious because God has settled it in the spirit. You see, in the spirit, something has happened. And now in our home, which you can see, it is sorted. He's helped me to build a godly foundation. But it started with me praying and receiving his love. Everything in the spirit. But now on the other side, we're talking about this relationship between the spirit and, and the physical. Let's say something happened in your life. Let's say you're, you're a girl and when you were young, stuff happened in your life which was not from God. You grew up older, you relied on the love of guys just like I did and they hurt you over and over and over and they never stayed. They always promised you but they never stayed and they left you empty and broken and you looked for the next one that would, that would do this right but you never find it. And then you've met a guy, he's kind of okay, and you got married because this, this, this is going to fix it, this one's going to fix it. But now the problem is that all the damage that has been done to your heart and in your spirit, you're carrying into that marriage. It's unseen, no one can see it. But there's one problem. You can't trust the man you married. You're suspicious of him. Where were you? Why didn't you come back earlier? Where's your phone? Can I see your phone? You see, what is the unseen then expresses itself in what can be seen. It is felt in your home. There's a tension. Are you with me? So the first thing I want to tell you about beliefs, number one, is that thoughts are highways of spiritual activities which affect, how did I spell? Which affect you. As you live day by day. Sorry, my spell check didn't work. Here's the thing. <laughs> Thoughts are highways which carries spiritual activities. What that means is we started this question last week. Why is it important for you to be in the Word of God? Why is it important for you to pray? If you spend time in the Word and you start thinking things that is opposite to the Word, the Spirit will tell you. And you can take care of it. But if you don't know it, and thoughts are being ministered to you from the enemy, it will start to build walls in your life, strongholds, evil strongholds, because thoughts carry those bricks. All right? So it's important for us to have a mind of Christ. But thoughts are those highways. Are you with me? Think about a kingdom with... Uh, uh, Old Testament kingdom or something you've seen on a movie with a massive door, one of those doors and like guys like click, click, click and the doors open up and you're not supposed to allow beliefs or patterns of thought into that kingdom that does not belong there. And this is not outright sin stuff like, you know, you should not murder and you should not sleep with someone. This starts with something that, for example, sounds like this. Um, you will never really satisfy God. A victim thought. You take that thing, you dwell on it, it's going to cause great trouble in your life. And so you should ask the Spirit, I should ask the Spirit, show me, is there, is there beliefs and thoughts that I'm accepting into my life that I should expel? 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I got transformed from an 18-year-old man that had no idea how to do a godly relationship. In the seven years God took me, it doesn't need to be seven years for you, that's just how long it took me before I got married. God had transformed me by teaching me the ways of Christ. You should watch what you think. There's a saying that goes around, it said, you should not accept a thought about you that God does not have about you. What does Christ say about you and, and overcoming obstacles? Does he say you're going to fail? He says, no, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. So you should start to pick up patterns of thinking where you always think you're going to lose, you're not going to make it, and you need to take it to God, right? Awesome. Thoughts are highways for spiritual activity. Let's go on. You have heard it said, check this out, you shall not commit adultery. Commit. That, there's the physical part of it. Right? There, there's the, the part of it that you can see. Right? Someone committing adultery. That's Jesus speaking. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustful, there's the, there's the spiritual side. You cannot see it. Someone is looking, no one knows what's happening in his heart. Whoever looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. Now, Jesus is not saying, we spoke about it I think a year back, he's not saying that when you have a lustful thought, which we all have in some way or another every now and then, because it gets put into your head by the enemy. Did you know that? Did you know that when you're walking down the street, all you want to do is buy chocolate, which is also okay, girls. Okay? You're going to the shop and you get a chocolate or a white hot chocolate with your friend. And here comes this thought and you're like, oh my head, did I just think this thought? That happened to all of us. Don't keep yourself holy here. <laughs> that thought is not from you. It's not from you. It got placed there by the enemy. All right. Now, what Jesus is saying is if that thought is taken by you, let's say you've got a thought about adultery, it means something has happened in your heart. You've not yet committed adultery. All right. If someone should commit adultery, there's different sets of discipline than having a last thought. It's not the same. What he's saying is the sin is of the same kind. That's what he's saying. He's saying a thought of adultery or a lustful thought is the same seed that grows into the tree of someone who commits adultery. That's what he's saying. Then he goes on to say, it's not on the screen, he says, you have heard it say, do not commit murder, but I say to whoever is angry. Okay? What he's saying is anger is of the same sort as murder. So if anger is the tree, uh, if committing murder is the tree, the seed that, that grows into that is anger. And then he says, 
for his benefit, you're right, I, if you're right, I cause you to sin, tear it out. What he's saying is don't allow those seeds in your life. Don't allow those thoughts. It leads, it grows into great sin. Are you with me? So there's a great story this guy tells. I, I, I really love the story. He says, one day, he's realizing there's really a stench around his house. And he keeps on telling his boys to take away the garbage, take away the garbage, and they, they take it away. And then he says, but there's still the smell. And he said, guys, just take away all the garbage. And they said, Dad, everything is it's, it's away. And then they thought, okay, maybe it's just something in the area. Went away for a few weeks, came back, opened the garage door, and they almost died of the smell. Because what had happened a few weeks back, someone was fixing the electricity problem and they forgot to turn on the electricity for the friskas, for the freezer. Now, who have smelled something like that left for a month or two? Put your hand up. You are in an elite group of people that have survived the unsurvivable. There is nothing that smells like rotten meat. Nothing. Nothing. A real place is just potpourri. Okay. <laughs> Once they start to grow a piece of sausage out of a piece of steak, then you know. <laughs> but now what has happened is as this person opened the freezer, it was full of flies. He said it, it, it felt like every fly in the whole world was in his freezer. Because the smell of the rotten meat attracted the flies. And they all gathered there. And the analogy used, I really love it because Satan is also called Lord of the Flies. Did you know that? Stinking thinking attracts demonic activity into your life. You may think it's only a thought about a girl. I'm not doing anything. Have you heard that nonsense? Uh, some of the guys will say, no, I'm only looking at the menu. Have you, come on, you've heard it. In course, I heard it every day. I'm doing nothing wrong. It's just a thought. I'm telling you what, you keep on with that thought. It's going to attract demonic activity. Why? Point number one. Just go back to point number one. Thoughts are highways of spiritual activity. All right? You keep on dwelling on those thoughts, it will lead from your mind to your computer. You see, you're inviting. And then it only happened once and a week later, and then boom, it's got you. It started here. Thoughts are active as a highways for spiritual activities. And then it gets into your marriage. Then it gets into your marriage bed. It started here. Number two, weak thoughts attract demonic activity. And I'm using the term weak thoughts, unbiblical. You know it, you know it, you know it. Because you've got an electric fence. It's a word we used a while back. Something goes off in your heart. You know, this should not be in my head. What am I thinking? If you think that, if you get that thought, you capture it. You say, Lord... What I'm just thinking, this is not from you. This is not from you. I give it to you, Jesus. This thought is opposing you, and I'm choosing your ways. 
here's my mind, here's my heart, you fill my life. And you'll see how quickly those thought, that thought will go away. Just like that rotten meat attracts flies, same with your thinking. Are you with me? Da is niks wat reik, soos vir And then you can throw the freezer away afterwards. It happened to you guys, isn't that true? Did you throw the freezer away? Nothing you can do with that thing. Check this out. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. What I want you to see is there's a progress here. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So first you are lured, okay? Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has grown, it brings forth death. It's almost like that thought of adultery and that death would at the end be the committing of adultery. There's a grow. And James actually gives us this, almost a picture of this thing growing. So let me give you an example. Um, so you came to church the first time. For example, there was a person, Andrew. Yes, is that Andrew here tonight? Okay. Um, oh, not that Andrew. This is another one. This is not you, Andrew. What's your surname, Andrew? Yeah, so another one I'm talking about. Um, so Andrew came to church last week for the first time. And, and God is really speaking to him, drawing him in, and wanting to give him a great life. But now the enemy is telling him, you know, those people at church, they are two-faced. They two-faced. You should not go to church, Andrew. You should just, you know, do your own thing. Now the whole week, the thought of the enemy, he's taking it. Now this thing is growing. Now he pitches up at church the next week. But in the week, his heart has become critical because he's allowed those thoughts to sit there. Now, Jan Lowe forgot something at the connect table. He runs out of the door, straight past Andrew, because he's stressing, he must get something at home. He comes past Andrew, Andrew thinks, exactly, exactly. Andrew comes forward, he's already now in a bad mood. We're worshipping a lot of people connecting with God, connecting with Him, really experiencing God, ministering to them. Not Andrew. He's thinking, now. he's singing too long, too short. It's too loud, too soft. You see, the critical spirit, it started with a thought. He took it, and now it's ruining his life. It's starting to bear fruit. Can you see that? The principle here is that the enemy can only empower what you establish. Point number three. Satan empowers what I establish or invite. Let's go back to that. To Let's just use something as a, a universal as a lust thought, a sexual thought. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not scared of using that example. The enemy comes. He drops a thought in your head. It is not yours. You take it and you dwell on it. You now take it, you make it your own. The moment you do that, you've created a highway and now Satan can empower what you've taken. If for the first time you get it, you say, Lord, this is not of you. 
I'm not going to take this nonsense. I'm so fulfilled in you. Whether you're single or whether you're married, if you're married, you could pray, Lord, you've given me a wife and you're just blessing our marriage bed. This does not belong in my head. I, I'm not taking this as nonsense. Boom, it's the end of it. You take it, it starts to grow. And then he empowers what, I, what you establish. Let's just go back and just read that scripture again. Each one is tempted and lured and enticed by his own desire. It's just a desire which should be shown away. You take it, then the desire conceives. Okay? It finds a place. It, it's, like a, it's like a seed that falls in the ground and then it germinates. That ontkim, and it settles in the ground. And then it grows. It gives birth to sin. And then it problema. So God wants us to have the mind of Christ. Everyone still with me? We're almost done. We're talking about the power of beliefs, the power of thinking, the fact that your mind should not be an all-access system. It's not you are called to follow after Christ. And everything that is a knowledge that opposes itself against Christ, you should pull down. You should say no. How do you know what opposes itself against Christ? You put your nose in the Bible as often as you can. Got one more point. Tik net iemand langs jou en sê, jy moet jou gedagtes vang, papi. Okay. I'm just going to do a few, two reverse, reverse verses, and then show you a pattern here. Paul writes this, he says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who's read that before? It's a good verse to know, to memorize. What's also important is to know what comes just before this, because this falls within a context. It's the same Paul who said, I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me, right? Just two verses back, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation? I'm asking you, did Paul go through tribulation? Many. Distress? Many. Persecution? Yes, he was beaten, he was thrown with, with stones, he was put in prison. Famine? There was times when he had nothing to eat, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. His life was in danger. Shall, shall those things separate us from the love of Christ? He says, no, we are more than conquerors through him, who loved us. He says we are more than conquerors because he faced circumstances where he, the enemy wanted to conquer him. He went through it. There was an experience. After that experience, he says, let me tell you what, Christ in me conquers everything. Before we make a point, just, just check this one as well. I, 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 take, I took his name away. Who said this? Who wants to take a chance? Can we go to the next slide? So the person's name called the name of that place the Lord will provide. Who said that? The, 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 the verse numbering should give it away. Abraham. So Abraham called the name 
of that place, the Lord will provide. What happened just before this? Who can tell me? He was taking his son, okay, to offer his son to God. And then he found an animal in the thicket. And what did he call that place? The Lord will provide. Now maybe he knew that God was a provider until he took his own son. And in his heart he was crying and then God says, stop. But now the revelation with which he said the Lord will provide is different because you walked through the experience. Point number four, check this out. God uses experiences to establish beliefs. Very important. Very important. There's one thing to say, oh, God is love. It's one thing when all your friends forsake you and you experience the love of God. That's a different thing. It's one thing to say, no, it's, it's so peaceful with God. It's another thing when you go through a time when you really challenge. It feels like you're losing everything. You don't know how you're going to make this month. And in that moment, God comes and he gives you peace. And you say, wow, he's a God of peace. So what I want to tell you on this is buckle up. Because he's going to take you through life. You're going to go through many experiences with God. He's going to take you on a journey where you have lovely experiences with people and friends. And he's going to take you on a journey where it will suck. Just to show you more of himself. There will be months when your finances ah, just works out. I'm on top of the world. There will be a month. It's the freezer. It's the car. It is everything. You're like God. And he's just working with you. Remember who's your provider. He's going to do life with you. I am warning you. He's going to take you out of, his, out of your comfort zone. And then he's going to be there to meet you on the outside. And you're going to get to know him better and better and better. You say, oh, God is good. Let me tell you what. He's going to lead you to call him good when everything in the physical seems to fall apart. Because he wants you to taste his goodness in that moment as well. Amen. He is taking you on a journey because he wants to build into you beliefs that will stand the test of time. Some of those beliefs is saving my life. And, and I, I mentioned it. I've got a belief in me and it's setting me so free. I know I, I've, I'm so secure in my marriage with God. I'm so secure because he, he took me through it. It is done. You know how free it is to be married without envy, without jealousy, without a worry that one person will leave the other one. It's never, it's not there. Because he's taken me through the experiences. That's just one example. And we each on different journeys, but let me tell you this. He's going to take you. He's going to challenge you because he wants you to be stronger. Amen? Let's go to the last slide for tonight. Watch and pray. What are we going to do the next three weeks? That you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Whatever the case is that the enemy builds through what you see around you, know this, God in you is stronger, is mightier. So the next while, we're going to speak on prayer and we're going to pray. Mondays, we invite you to fast. I'm telling you what, when you fast, I want to do a sermon on fasting, so I don't want to give too much away. But when you fast, you, you know how... When you're irritated, you, I mean, someone irritates you at work, then that's that guy that drives like a hooligan, okay? Then it's, every light is red. Every light. And the one just before your house is flickering like this, and there's a long row, okay? Then you get home, and you just shout at your wife. <laughs> She's just on the receiving end of the whole day, okay? Now, let me tell you what. Here's great news. Fasting does that to you in an instant. Because you're hungry and you're not going to eat. You are immediately right there and then God wants you to grow. You are frustrated. Because normally just a hamburger will fix the situation, okay? God, I'm so frustrated. Then he says, tap into me. I want to take you deeper. You go into your inner room, you come out. You say, hello, lovey. <laughs> okay. Scripture is the other thing. Did you know um, in Ephesians they talk about the, the shield of faith, right? What does the shield of faith do? It keeps away the arrows of the enemy. Okay? So faith is a helpful thing. It's a whole armor. And there's a sword. Sword of what? The word of the truth, right? So in the old times, this is very cool and brutal to think about, but You've, you had a shield, you're in battle, but if the enemy, if an arrow came past your shield into your body, which is not nice, how would they take it out? They would take the sword, which normally was the shorter one, and they would minister to their body and take the dart of the enemy out. The sword, which is a word. Or if my friend had one in the back, I would take my sword and said, and you cut it out. So our weapons in the spirit, our sword is the word of God. Every arrow. A lot of you guys, because you've been serving God and you've been, your, your thinking patterns has changed. A lot of arrows the enemy shoots never, it never even comes near, near you. But if one should get you, how do you recognize it? The word. So we pray and we read. We remove every error from the enemy out of our heart. Let's stand up tonight. Thank you, Lord. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment where you are standing and I want you to this might be difficult for some of us but imagine imagine your heart as this thing that can have thoughts and think on it and dwell on it 
And I want you to, to almost look at the condition of your heart. Is everything free to enter? You know, can, can you just think about everything? Or have you brought up those barriers that says no? Because what I want to encourage you tonight is to say, Lord, I want to have the mind of Christ. I really want to have the mind of Christ. And what that means is that as you grow as a believer, that there are certain patterns of thoughts and beliefs that are not welcome in your life. Because you belong to Him. Amen? So I want to encourage you just to give that think tank of yours back to God. David said, Lord, I meditate, I think about your word day and night. So what I want you to do is just to hold your hands like this. You can just look at me and say, Lord, this is my mind. This is my emotions, my spiritual center. I'm just giving it back to you. All that stinking thinking, all that rubbish the enemy wants to feed me. And sometimes I take it and I worry about it. And then it takes me a day because I sit and I think about that junk and it's not from you. If only I trusted you from the start and said, no. I just want to take out a few arrows tonight. I want to speak truth over you guys. I want to say to you that scripture says that each one is given certain gifts of God. And if there's a pattern in your mind where you think, no, God uses other people but not me, let me tell you what, don't sit on those thoughts. It will become a highway into your life until you think spiritually you are worthless. It's not of God. He wants to use you. Amen. Lord, I just remove every arrow of doubt, every lie that comes to people where they believe that they're not worth anything when it comes to ministry. Oh, you've gifted each one. You've gifted each one. Lord, I want to remove every arrow of pain every time, Lord, someone was hurt in this place where people pushed them away and shoved them to the side. And they've just given up on, on community. They've just given up on people. There's a godly community which loves. And for each one of us, there's a place there. It's not a perfect community. But the community loves and take cares of people for each one of us there's a place there amen Lord we just pray healing into every heart Lord into every heart every lie that has been taken and that has been established we stop it now in the name of Jesus and we just ask your truth to come in in the name of Jesus. You're so welcome in every heart.
I don't want to rush past this moment. I just feel God still wants to do something. I want to give you a moment. Even though you are a victim of these patterns of thinking that the enemy sends your way, at the end, it's, it's your thoughts. Are you with me? When you take it, it becomes yours. And so you should repent for it. It's the only way you can be free. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to search your heart. And I want you to take whatever's on your heart, whatever, wherever you've welcomed something into your spirit that should not belong there, because you started to believe it and you even spoke it. You mentioned it to other people. And I want you to take it to God and to say, Lord, I repent that I've taken the bait of the enemy and spoken death over myself. Where you stand and just let's just give a minute for that. This is just a holy moment. truth to God. Lord, I am loved, Lord. You satisfy my every need, Lord. I have enough, Lord. You've provided for me in every way. Whatever the truth is that you need to hear, speak it to yourself. I just feel you're going to take a few people deeper in the next few weeks. Lord, I pray for a time of fasting. I pray that you'll stir in our hearts, Lord, those areas where you want us to grow. Lord, I pray for such an intimate time with you, for each one of us, Lord. I just sense there's going to be great breakthrough in this place. Some people have been praying over certain things for so long. Lord, I just pray for a time of breakthrough. In the next three weeks, Lord. Thank you, my King.